Welcome, gentle listeners, to the Daily Nightly, a Jane Austen journey where we'll be reading the collective works of Austen and exploring her influence in pop culture. We are your humble servants. I'm Annie. And I am Jesse. And today we're going to actually take a quick break from the world of Jane Austen. The events of the last couple weeks, starting with the murder of George Floyd by police in Minneapolis and culminating in protests around the world, have made it clear how important it is to use whatever platform you may have to amplify Black, Indigenous, and people of color voices and to keep doing so. There have been many reading lists circulating on the internet, and as a podcast focusing specifically on books and thoughtful reading, we thought we would take time out of our regularly scheduled reading order to add some of our own inclusive and diverse recommendations to the mix. You won't find White Fragility or So You Want to Talk About Race on our lists, although they're very good and you should check them out, but we wanted to focus on Black, Indigenous, and people of color authors that might appeal to our listeners' love of Jane Austen. As with everything, just putting out a list is just the first step in putting in the work, but this is a book podcast, and who doesn't love an awesome recommendation? Yes, there are a lot of excellent lists being shared right now full of awesome anti-racist literature that we probably can't live up to, but we would like to humbly remind everyone that while Me and White Supremacy and How to Be Anti-Racist are very important works, they're also just good starts. Uh, The fight against racism can't begin and end with just a few books. It's a constant conversation. We should all keep having to grow and change as a society. And as non-Black individuals, it's a conversation where we need to do more listening instead of most of the talking. Uh, In pop culture, there is also a glut of focusing specifically on just Black suffering, too, to the point where it almost feels pornographic. Uh, I can't imagine being Black and having to see yet, you know, another portrayal of like the brutality of slavery and not as many works where people who look like you get to experience joy and love and success and other generally non-race dependent life experiences to at least balance it out. I think it's important for the rest of us to see those stories too, though race obviously can't be fully divorced from the rest of one's life. So hopefully that fuller version of a life is something you guys will get to see here from these recommendations. In the show notes, we will also uh, link to some other resources you might be interested in reading or listening to, a list of some places you can donate to, and some independent Black, Indigenous, People of Color-owned bookstores that you can support. Sounds good. Uh, So let's dive in. So my first recommendation is uh, what has become the Wedding Date series by Jasmine Gilroy. Definitely mentioned her on the pod before, but her first book in the series is The Wedding Date, and it spawned now four books in the same universe. The fifth party of two is going to be released in June. I've already pre-ordered it, and I'm really (laughs) excited. And they're just really delightful books. They're all romance novels, but the characters are sharp and funny and live alone, separate from the romantic partners, which is something I appreciate and should appeal to lovers of Austin. Uh, the original book, The Wedding Day, is my favorite and starts with an adorable meet cute in an elevator, which leads our protagonist, political insider Alexa, to attend a wedding as the date of handsome Dr. Drew. Mm-hmm. She lives in San Fran. He lives in L.A. They're both busy professionals with their own lives, but they just can't quit each other. And, uh, you know, I love a fake dating story that becomes <laughs> a real dating story. Um, so I definitely recommend uh, the whole series, but absolutely the wedding date. The, uh, it's so good and you'll want to read all of them. So um, despite what I just said about, uh, you know, not just focusing on slavery stories, my first recommendation is The Long Song by Andrea Levy. It's a really great book I read maybe two years ago about a slave woman named July and her life during emancipation in 19th century Jamaica. 
instead of being just like endless sadness and suffering and oppressiveness though there is sadness and suffering and oppression there's (laughs) also wit and humor and life spark in the main character and in those around her that the world had not managed to extinguish and i really appreciate this other version of um, bravery if you can call just you know living bravery uh it's not just you know the noble negro standing tall against the machine of bondage it's just human it's not just people surviving but still managing to thrive and have full existences it's also not just like oh slavery has ended and it's all fine now there's a lot of the so-called progressive whites who aren't really in the end and the failed promises of what abolition was to mean the bbc actually adapted the book into a really great miniseries uh, if you're interested and have access to it i thought they did a wonderful job i also found it really interesting uh what they did with the white female plantation owner who's like super terrible she's honestly the worst and without trying to redeem her or forgive her they show her as a victim herself someone who's quite powerless as a woman in a patriarchal society even though she's like a property owner and so she like grasps desperately at what tiny modicum of power she can through this supposed racial superiority i mean like she's kind of an amy cooper so like don't feel too sorry for her (laughs) i like that there's a mini series too that's very on brand (laughs) yeah we do love a we do love a book mini series (laughs) My next recommendation is a book called Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. Chloe has a chronic illness and is a self-described computer geek. And after almost kind of sort of dying, uh, she comes up with a list of things that she needs to do to to get a life. Uh, She gets help in the form of her very attractive handyman, Red, who's an Mm. artist and who also has a motorcycle. Um, Both characters are very funny and flirty and it's explicit with a capital E, but uh, in the best way. Um, And I know that the author is going to do a series of books, um, sort of like the Wedding Date series, where it doesn't focus on the main character that that you'd read about in a previous novel. Um, But her second book is called Take a Hint, Danny Brown, and Danny is Chloe's sister. And so Chloe, I I think, will be like in the book, but it'll be more about uh, the sister Danny. And uh, it also comes out later in June, and I've also pre-ordered it, and I'm very (laughs) excited. I know (laughs) I need to like stop ordering books, but um, you know, I can't I can't help myself when it's a series, so. Uh, I'm really excited, and I I definitely recommend it. I love the idea of an expanded universe in a romance novel. Oh, it's definitely a thing that I had no idea about, but it's fantastic. My next one is called The Deep. It's by River Solomon. It is based off the song and EP of the same name by Clipping, which is a hip-hop group comprised of David Diggs, whom you may have heard of, Um, Mm. William Hudson and Jonathan Snipes. It was described to me as an Afrofuturist mermaid story, which was enough to get my attention, and I think I talked about it on the pod before. Um, These are beings that are like descendants of kidnapped pregnant African women who were tossed overboard from slave ships on the journey to America. So it's a light piece, obviously. Um, I somehow (laughs) only recently made the connection to The Giver, where, you know, one individual is tasked to carry the memories, especially the traumatic ones of their origins for the people. And it looks at the sort of psychological, physical and emotional toll it takes on a person who must carry these memories and the way these memories can be forgotten if not passed on. It's a really concise story, but it's just really elegant and beautifully told. Afrofuturist mermaid story is definitely enough to get my attention to. It's what else do you need? Yeah, nothing. So last in my like recommendation books, the books that I've read and, and highly recommend is uh, called uh, On the Come Up. It's uh, technically a YA book, uh, but it's by Angie Thomas, who wrote uh, The Hit You Give, mm. which is phenomenal and has been on the bestseller list, I think, like for years, really. Um, and it, uh, they also made a really good movie about it. 
Uh, and her second novel I read last year, and I, I recently learned it's about to be turned into a movie as well, which is really exciting because it's very cinematic. Um, the main character is a 16-year-old girl named Brie who wants to become a rapper, and her rappers are listed in the book, and they, they read like poetry. It's it's phenomenal. And her first song is kind of goes viral for all the wrong reasons and is filled with a lot of her frustrations and anger, and you follow her journey as she navigates controversy and popularity. Uh, with a maturity that's really beyond her age. And um, it's it's a fascinating book. I think it's kind of in the expanded The Hate You Give universe. Um, she mentioned some of the uh, the things that occurred in that book. I, I know, you know, some people look down on like YA books, but I, I personally love them and continue to read them. And it, I can't stop thinking about it. And I read it last year, right when it came out. So highly recommend. Anyone who looks down on YA books, I don't think I want to be friends with them. I know. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I've been reading a lot of books lately that are like in the teen section, but are just as good, if not better than some books that are maybe more considered adult. So I love the idea of like seeing, you know, all these things with how younger people are dealing with it now in this age of like in this age in technology, which was just sort of starting when we were that age. Mm hmm. It's very yeah, fun. I love to see how books like deal with like texting and like cell phones when so many books I feel like you know, cell phones would solve, like, all the problems in the book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Romeo and Juliet, if they had cell phones, like, would be completely different. Send a text. Not dead. LOL. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. My <laughs> last recommendation, it fits more into, like, the sort of modern-day typical-ish romance genre. It's Queenie by Candace Carty-Williams. Came out last year. It could easily be mistaken for just, like, a simple, predictable romance at first. The main character, Queenie, is a British Jamaican woman in her 20s whose partner decides they need to go on like a quote unquote break and has to deal with past personal trauma, her loving and very loud immigrant family, her female friendships, as well as being black in the UK. And like all the while, news about this new movement in America called Black Lives Matter is finding its way across the pond. And actually, it is in a way love story, but with herself, it gave me kind of fleabag vibes in that way. Mm. And it's very fun, very heartbreaking and funny. Uh if you can imagine, I really, really enjoyed that one. I was also really partial to how Queenie's like anxiety disorder played such a significant role in the story and how they addressed it. Mm-hmm. That one I know I saw on like so many lists, I think last year, and I finally got around to reading it and it's great. Oh. And I wanted to give a small shout out to Charles Yu's Interior China. Again, another book I've mentioned on the pod before and raved about it. Uh, it's a book I actually still think about quite often. And while it's primarily a story about navigating being a second generation Asian American, um, I do want to applaud that it's still carved out some space to recognize the difference, different experiences of being Asian America versus being black in America and this like imaginary divide between the two that's often uh, used against us both. Yeah, you know, I'm like number like a thousand on the hold list for this book at the library. So it seems to be a really popular book. Uh, I'm really excited to read it. I can't, I can't wait till you get to read it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll cave in by the way too. <laughs> That'd be so bad. Well, since we're talking about the books that we're on hold for and stuff, well, yeah. what what's on your to read? Oh, gosh. Okay. What is it? Um, so I've been <laughs> wanting to read The Children of Bone, uh, love, uh, Blood and Bone, sorry, uh, by a uh, series. I think there's first there's two books out in the series uh, by Tommy Adeyemi. Uh, so I finally caved and broke my book buying ban <laughs> uh, and uh, purchased both 
books in the series. And as listeners probably know by now, I love a good fantasy series. And I have heard nonstop good things about this one. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to make a TV show from it. Last I heard, it was like a Fox show that Disney bought. But regardless, um, I actually started reading the book this morning. And Ooh. I already can't con- can, can't wait to continue the world bu- building. Like, I literally just read the first 20 pages. But the world building just, like, immediately got me. And I'm really excited to keep reading um, I also have a whole set of N.K. Jemison books that, and I'm so close to getting her new book, The City We Became from the Library. Um, she has two trilogies I've been dying to read, The Broken Earth Trilogy and The Inheritance Trilogy, tri- uh, and The City We Became, I've just heard absolute raves about. Magic, myths, and contemporary New York City, like, absolutely signed me up. Um, another work, another book I can already tell I'm going to break my book buying bang for is called Felix Ever After by Kaysen Callender. And uh, it only recently came out last month, and it's a YA book, but it's about a transgender teen falling in love for the first time, um, and so I'm really excited. And then finally, last but not least, um, I'm, <laughs> I've also been waiting to get The Henna Wars by Adiba Jai Jirdar. It's just, it just sounds perfect for any Jane Austen fan. It's about two teen girls with rival henna businesses, and they, you guessed it, fall in love. Ooh. And so th- these are pre- uh, both Felix Ever After and The Hen Wars seem like good Pride Month books to read as well. Absolutely. I, oh, Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> That's dumb. So, so many books that you mentioned are also on my list, the N.K. Jemison <laughs> books. Um, I, like, they're on my list and, like, on my actual shelves. Uh, I think mm-hmm. The City, uh, what's it called? The City We Became. The City We Became. Uh, I think you and I actually found out about it from the same person i don't even remember who mm-hmm. but we're both like mm-hmm. we're listening and that wasn't that yeah. long ago so i know i have that uh, as well as a couple other ones as well as the children of blood and bone books some of these i've had for like more than a year get alive chloe brown and the wedding date series are also on there i'm not kidding when i say i'm really bad about like not reading all the books i have bought and how slow a reader i am I've also had a li- two books by Alyssa Cole on my list slash shelves. Uh, one called An Extraordinary Union, an epic love story of the Civil War, as well as That Could Be Enough, a historic romance between two queer black women. And I've had those for like two years now. Binti by Nnedi Okorafor, which is an intergalactic sta- uh, intergalactic science fiction story, uh, which has been highly recommended to me. I think it's one like all the awards too okay doesn't it, george R. R. martin is like praised her yeah like, i think so i think it was one of the ones where it's like this is the thing yeah how could you say no to that no i can't <laughs> uh and in the same vein of uh intergalactic sci-fi i also have solomon river's first book uh an unkindness of ghosts so mm-hmm. a lot to look forward to yeah, I also um I'm gonna about to be uh, I'm about to like inhale Alyssa Cole's Reluctant Royal series. She has like a whole series of books about peasants falling in love with like uh, royalty, um, <laughs> and so I'm really excited about that because I've read like all of them and seen every movie. The first one I think uh, a prince and princess in theory. We were just talking about it before we started, so I just wanted to shout that one out too because that sounds right up my alley. That is so 100 percent your jam. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Like every like, I literally own the Lifetime movie, of um like the that Kate and William Lifetime movie. Oh, <laughs> like it was like five dollars, and I've watched it like a thousand times. <laughs> <Anyway>. Awesome. <clears throat> 
super embarrassing. Not at all. Not at all. No shame. No shame in book loving. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, when 2020 started, like this was the this was the year I was going to make more of an active effort to read authors who weren't like cishet white men, uh, especially since I already own and have spent good money on so many books by women and people of color. I've only literally made one exception. That was for Hank Green. And overall, I found it's like di- diversifying the voices and stories that I've opened up myself to to be really exciting and satisfying uh, experience. And I hope um, encourage people to do the same. Yeah, no, I, I think like uh, there was a period of time late last year when I realized that my education could continue on beyond school, that I could learn things through books and expand my mind still, even though I'm you know, like out in the real world. And I started picking up books like The New Jim Crow and um, So You Want to Talk About Race. And, I, and I've, and i you know, definitely felt my world expanded and to, to think more critically about things and my actions. But just in general, I think that the books that we've talked about here, like you said, have really just made my reading experience so much more satisfying. I think Neil Gaiman has been my only white cis-set exception this year. But I'm really... Uh, I'm really excited. I have a whole bunch of books coming in. And yeah, so um, 2020, it's our year. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to help us grow as people. But also, I mean, you, you you read too many things or see too many things all stuck in one perspective. It gets incredibly boring. And I think that's mm-hmm. um, a huge reason of why I was getting in a lot of ruts, like reading ruts uh, in the past couple of years. So yay. Oh, yeah. And I think between the two of us, I think our recommendations of stuff that we've read and want to read really are like spread a pretty wide gamut and are all Mm -hmm. pretty uh, are things that someone that if you like Pride and Prejudice, if you're listening to us, I I assume you like (laughs) Jane Austen, that you would like um, some of these books. A lot of the themes are really similar. Some are more contemporary, some aren't. And a lot of them deal with, you know, a different history, but they all, you know, love and friendship and first impressions and a lot of those things are sort of universal and we hope that you like our recommendations yeah i mean if we think of jane austen as just like kind of repetitive cliched i mean obviously i don't think this but like love stories that are just like quaint and stuff but a lot of them have something to say about class and society at the time that they were written and they're not you know completely blind to certain unfairness in the world so i think to keep reading and 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 paying attention to what's going on right now Mm -hmm. i think that's awesome yeah and there are a lot of authors um like we're gonna we're gonna talk about different adaptions and pride and prejudice is one of those books that's of jane austen's has been adapted the most Mm -hmm. and there have been a lot of contemporary authors that have taken a lot of her themes and a lot of her characters and put them in more modern settings and diverse voices. And uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to Annie about them. And Mm -hmm. if you have any suggestions, let us know. Yes. Oh, yes, please. If you um, have any other great recommendations, please email us and share them. We're we're always obviously looking for books that we probably don't have time to read. Uh, (laughs) And if you have read any of the ones that we've mentioned, we would love to hear what you guys think about it. Yeah, I mean, and next time we'll resume uh, with chapters 36 through 40 of Pride and Prejudice. Um, but drop us a line, the usual places, uh, thedailynightly.com, on Twitter at NightlyPod, on Instagram at thedailynightly, or you can email us at thedailynightly at gmail.com. And remember, nightly is spelled K-N-I-G-H-T-L-E-Y. Yeah, uh, we can't wait to hear from you guys, and we'll talk to you next time. Sounds good. Happy reading. Happy reading. 
I stole it from you this time. Oh no, I love it. Come on.